Welcome back, everyone. Laszlo Montgomery here with another Chinese saying. Many of you took one look at this sixth offering of the sixth season and nodded your heads knowingly and sagaciously. Because this one is so well known and has been repeated so many times over the past 2,000 years. Zhersheng Tan Bing. Another well-worn staple that has applications for all kinds of daily life situations. But before we open up the good book from whence it came... Let's put these four characters on the dissecting table. Zhersheng, Tan Bing. Zhersheng means on paper. To Tan means to talk or discuss. And Bing means weapons, a soldier, an army, or just military affairs in general. And in the game of chess, your pawn is called a Bing. Zhersheng, Tan Bing. This one, you don't have to be Albert Einstein or Stephen Hawking to figure out its meaning. On paper, discuss military. Right away we know where this one is heading, but it's not enough just to figure out what this means. This one has a heck of a story attached to it. And without any further wasting of time, let's get down on it. This one comes from that greatest of all founts of useful and interesting Chengyus, the record of the grand historian, the Shi Ji. And for today's story... We welcome back to the CSP the great warring states general from Zhao State, Lian Po, featured before in a couple past CSP episodes. Who can forget his incredible display of contrition from the season 3 episode 2, Fu Jing, Qing Zui. From the chapter of the Grand Historian's Shi Ji, entitled Lian Po, Lin Xiang Ru, Lie Chuan, the chronicles of Lian Po and Lin Xiang Ru, we get this masterpiece. When this slice of history occurred, there were seven remaining states, all warring against each other. And one of these seven warring states was the state of Zhou, created during the 5th century BC, during the historic partition of Jin. Zhou today could be overlaid on top of Shanxi, Shanxi, Hebei, and Inner Mongolia, the ancient Chinese heartland. The Warring States period in China, roughly 475 to 221 BC, witnessed the final centuries of the Zhou Dynasty. In the kingdom or state of Zhao, there was a general named Zhao She, who, along with Lian Po, were known for their many heroic deeds on the battlefield. Zhao She, he had a son named Zhao Kuo, like Homer Lee, featured in China History Podcast episode 298. Zhao Kuo was enamored with the idea of battle and spent all his days reading and studying about military strategies. He liked nothing more than to discuss war with his father's visitors. In these talks, he displayed such thorough knowledge of military history that all the visitors, military men themselves, were greatly impressed and often sang his praises to his father. And because Zhao Kuo received so much praise, and so often too, he began to believe all the shoe shining, and this made him overconfident and led Zhao Kuo to often act too big for his britches. And his father, General Zhao She, he kind of looked at his boy with a degree of disdain. A man like Zhao She was a grizzled veteran of too much slaughter on the battlefield. He knew what it was like to fight a battle. And he would tell his son, Zhao Kuo, not to speak so pugnaciously and to exercise more caution and to think more practically. He would tell his son that 
engaging an enemy on the battlefield wasn't as simple as what he yammered on about in front of people. When Zhao She's wife asked him why he wasn't proud of his son, Zhao She replied, War is a serious matter that affects the fortunes of an entire country. One must treat war with gravity and careful consideration. But our son, he treats it like a game. Nothing good will come of it. In 262 BC, trouble struck the state of Zhao. The Qin army, led by the famously ruthless general Bai Qi, invaded the Zhao kingdom's neighbor, Han. They surrounded a prefecture in Han kingdom called Shangdang and were able to cut it off from the Han capital. The Han generals, based in Shangdang, found themselves surrounded by the Qin army and immediately sent emissaries to the kingdom of Zhao to plead for help. Though he'd lived to regret it, the king of Zhao stepped up for his ally in Han and ordered 200,000 troops under the great general Lian Po to engage the Qin army. Lian Po's troops encamped at nearby Changping, and a Qin army division led by Wang He hurried to engage him in battle. Lian Po, with his decades of battle experience, had concluded that the best way to defeat the Qin army was to hold Changping. Changping today is a two-and-a-half-hour drive north from Luoyang. It was easy to defend and difficult to attack. And Lian Po believed that the Qin army, by battering itself continually against the Zhao defenses hunkered down in Changping, would eventually wear itself out and become weakened to the extent that they'd either give up or be left open for attack. This strategy caused the Qin army considerable difficulty. They were far from their Shanxi home and their supply lines were growing too thin. It became more and more impossible to supply the Qin troops besieging Changping. Meanwhile, Lian Po stubbornly held on to the town with a vice-like grip, easily fending off Qin attacks. After three years, from 262 to 260 BC, the Qin military besieged Changping at considerable expense to themselves. But in all this time, they had achieved little. The Qin troops found themselves at the end of their tether and reluctantly reported their dire situation to King Zhaoxiang of Qin. King Zhaoxiang asked for some advice from his number one strategist, Fan Ju, and Fan Ju advised, the main thing is to get rid of General Lian Po. He's too cunning and experienced for us to really stand a chance. If our generals can eliminate him, the rest will be easy. So spies from the Qin kingdom were sent to infiltrate Zhao. And after insinuating themselves into Zhao society, they began to bribe any officials and ministers they met. After buying their loyalties with gold, these Zhao turncoats became shills for the Qin and gladly spread all kinds of misinformation and rumors at the Zhao court. They said to the king of Zhao, Look at sleepy general Lian Po, old and timid, being besieged by the Qin army without having done anything about it. It's been three years already and he hasn't made any headway. I fear your majesty any day now. Lian Po's army will fall to the Qin. Then they whispered to the king, Remember how faithfully and victoriously General Zhao She led our armies? Such a great warrior he was. Well, we've heard, your majesty, that he has a son, Zhao Kuo, even braver and more talented than his father. If this Zhao Kuo were to be 
appointed general at Changping, the Qin army would truly stand no chance. The king of Zhao was already getting impatient with Lian Po's strategy of rope-a-dope defense. It seemed like the Zhao army at Changping was only reacting to the Qin's offense, never acting proactively themselves. So with these rumors being constantly whispered in his ear, the king of Zhao immediately sent messengers to Zhao Kuo, ordering him to take over command of the Zhao army at Changping. By this time, Zhao Kuo's father, General Zhao She, had passed away. Zhao Kuo's mother, remembering Zhao She's words about his son, begged the king not to let her son go to Changping. She repeated Zhao She's belief that, even though Zhao Kuo was well-read in military strategies, he treated war like a game, and moreover was too arrogant and confident in his own abilities. If you let him lead an army, he will lead us to defeat, she pleaded with the king. But the king of Zhao, filled with all the disinformation of these chin shills, was dead set on replacing Lian Po with Zhao Kuo. Seeing that she could not dissuade him, Zhao Kuo's mother had to settle for extracting a promise from the king that in the event that Zhao Kuo went down in defeat, the king would not punish any other members of the Zhao clan. And with this ringing endorsement from his own mother... Zhao Kuo set off with an additional 200,000 troops to the Zhao camp at Changping. Combined with the 200,000 troops already at Changping, Zhao Kuo was in command of 400,000 Zhao troops. After relieving Lian Po of his command, Zhao Kuo immediately switched tack from Lian Po's defensive strategy. He gave orders to counterattack each time the Qin army tried to engage them in battle. He ordered them not to act in a purely defensive position, that Zhao were to fight them and give chase rather than simply defending the Zhao encampment. Meanwhile, the Qin army was undergoing its own changes in leadership. King Zhao Xiang's brilliant strategist Fan Ju, hearing his plan had worked and that Lian Po had been replaced with Zhao Kuo, gave orders that the Qin, ever-victorious general Bai Qi, who had captured and held Shangdang from the Han Kingdom, headed to Changping to engage the Zhao army. Led by Bai Qi, the Qin army faked a few assaults on the Zhao camp using a decoy battalion. When these assaults were beaten back, under Zhao Kuo's orders, the entire Zhao army gave chase. And these decoy Qin troops led the Zhao army deep within the territory they controlled. Meanwhile, another Qin force of 25,000 special troops cut off the Zhao retreat, and then came 5,000 Qin cavalrymen charging right at the Zhao army, splitting it in half. Only then did Zhao Kuo realize he had been tricked into abandoning Lian Po's strategy of securing the encampment at Changping. Zhao Kuo ordered his troops to encamp where they were, but their position was terribly disadvantageous and badly exposed. They were surrounded on all sides by the Qin army, divided from each other, and their supply lines, which had been secure at Changping, were cut off in this new position. After 40 days of camping in this new position, with no supplies and besieged on all sides, the Zhao army became severely demoralized. Zhao Kuo, after studying his maps and seeking wisdom from past military conflicts, 
decided to lead one last desperate attempt to break the Qin siege. By this time, his army was weak from hunger, and there were no more reinforcement troops to send from the kingdom of Zhao. In his last desperate charge out of the Zhao camp, Zhao Kuo himself was shot dead by Qin arrows. Seeing that their general had been killed in action, the entire Zhao army threw down their weapons and surrendered en masse to the Qin. Thus, 400,000 Zhao troops fell victim to the ruthless general Bai Qi at the famous Battle of Changping. The outcome of this battle irreversibly weakened Zhao and gave a huge boost to Qin. And in less than 40 years, the Qin would become the unifiers of all of China, and their king, Ying Zheng, would rule as China's first emperor. So, Zhi Shang Tan Bing, nobody knew how to fight a war like Zhao Kuo when he was hunched over a map and surrounded by books. He could show you on paper how to win this battle or that war. But when faced with a real-life situation, he found there was a stark difference between planning it all on paper and dealing with all the randomness that life threw at him. So we can use this idiom for anything and anything that looks great on paper, but the outcome? Who knows? Maybe not as simple as what was discussed inside the Pentagon or Russian Defense Ministry. And not just in war, in business, politics, or planning of any sort. If the stakes are high and all you've done is put together a plan on paper... Well, that's no guarantee that the outcome will be as you expected it to be. You never know what other variables or random events are lurking out there to foil your best laid plans, so meticulously put together by some public or private brain trust. Zhishang Tan Bing. So you can keep this one folded up inside your wallet or cell phone case if it has any compartments. That's how useful this one is. Even though you're saying Zhishang Tan Bing, that doesn't necessarily mean to discuss military strategy. Back when I was in the made-in-China consumer products business, my boss and I would always discuss our bingfa for when we were sitting in front of that Costco buyer trying to get that sale. So, Zhishang Tan Bing works fine in any situation where you have to plan, scheme, or strategize. Okay, that's it for this time. Go listen to the multi-part series from the China History Podcast that looks at the rise and fall of the Qin for more about this fabled and magnificent time in ancient Chinese history. That series was recently given a makeover. So if you've already heard it, hey, go give it another listen. Thanks, as always, to Emma, making everything so easy for your humble narrator, keeping the troops in high spirits over in the teacup, Cheng Yu Yanqiu Zhongxin, Xie Xie Xiao Lu. Okay, time is money. Sorry to keep you for so long, but the Battle of Changping and all, hey, I'm sure you found it all worthwhile. This is Laszlo Montgomery signing off from drought-stricken L.A., goading you, as I always do, to come back next time for another didactic episode of the Chinese Sayings Podcast.